It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. The Sharks are back in their own zone to recover. Burns a long headman feed. He gets to Barabanov. He moves down the right wing. He's in. He shoots. He scores. Alexander Barabanov, his first of the year, and a brilliant pass up the middle of the ice from Brent Burns. 47 seconds into the second period, the Sharks are up one nothing. You know what? There wasn't a lot to be said. I mean, we we had we ran into some penalty trouble there um, in the second. Uh, I thought the penalty kill did a great job. I mean, and and your best penalty killer has to be your goalie, in which he was, and 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 he did a good job. Really, the message was, hey, we're, it's one one. We're tied after two. We you know, it's the old saying, you, you take it after if you're coming in here. Last night you said, hey, you're going into Calgary and you're going to be tied after two. Okay, you have to play, you know, play a good 20 minutes. And then I thought the third day, you know, we, we kind of got back to our game. I thought we played pretty good in the first where we had some opportunities, got the puck deep. Uh, Markstrom handled a little lot, lot, of course, but I thought we got back to that and just started to um, get a little more offense going. And then, um, you know, getting those getting those timely goals uh, um, were helpful. And, and you know, it was, it was all a credit to them that they just they bared down and you could feel it's, it's always fun when you could feel them just kind of they're excited to, to be out there and, and going and cheering for one another and blocking shots and, you know, cheering for a good change, cheering for getting a puck deep. That's, that's when you can see them, um, you know, playing for one another. And that's when, you know, you, you know, you have a, you have a shot. I tell you what guys, as we get going here on a Wednesday morning, what we're seeing from the San Jose Sharks right now is pretty special and the fact that it's continuing, the fact that they're doing it on the road now as well as doing it at home, I mean, it's one thing when you're in front of your fan base, when you can ride that emotional wave, when you're going up against teams like Winnipeg and Buffalo, St. Louis, New Jersey. I mean, the Sharks have now taken seven out of a possible ten points during this COVID-shortened period where they don't have all their best players where they are undermanned and where they are bringing up players from the American League to come in and help them out. And in terms of what they've been able to do for a response in light of all this, well, adversity for lack of a better term, it's pretty phenomenal. And again, I think we're going to remember and talk about this for a long, long time. I mean, I can think about stretches of play for the San Jose Sharks over the years where they go out and they play really, really well on the road or they're having a good home stand. And, you know, the expectation for the franchise for so long has been success. And it's it's one of the reasons why the past couple of years have been so very disappointing and tough to watch. Because the, the expectation, guys, listen, it's, it's that the Sharks are going to win. You just expect them to be a winning team. You expect them to be a contending team. You expect them to be a team that's in the thick of things. And when that wasn't the case over the past couple of years... It didn't jive with what we come to expect, and that's a that's a tough standard. The Sharks have set the bar to clear very, very high for themselves, 
And we expected there was going to be a little bit of a turnaround time, as Doug Wilson described, a reset, and the franchise kind of got things going again. And the fact that they're getting things going again, for lack of a better term, like this, doing it when there weren't that many expectations for the team heading into the season, that there was not a whole lot of hope for them. When you find that all these players are going out with COVID, you're thinking, okay, you don't have Kevin LeBanc, you don't have Timo Meyer, you don't have Eric Carlson, you don't have, you know, you go down the list. I think that was a lot for the Sharks in particular to take, and I think it would have been a lot for any team to take. But the fact that the Sharks are thriving in this environment, and I do say thrive because they have now won three out of five games in which they have been shorthanded while simultaneously taking a point in another Seven out of 10 points, it's it's massive. I mean, I can't understate this enough. This is not an accident. It's not a fluke. It's not anything other than, hey, the San Jose Sharks might be a pretty good team. I mean, I don't think they're world beaters as of yet. I don't think I'm going to start talking about them contending for the cup, but I am going to talk about them as being a competitive team that is in the mix and I think that when we look at the, the Pacific Division right now, the Sharks are in fourth place. But I think you have to say, look at how they've got there. Look at how they've been able to do this in light of the 12 games they've played. They've been able to post seven wins, four losses, and an overtime loss. That was not the expe- expectation for the Sharks this year. And I know that right now the Pacific Division might be performing a bit better than people expected. And You look at Vancouver and Seattle at the bottom of the division. Meanwhile, the Kings, the Sharks, the Ducks, and Calgary are all in there with seven wins, and the point totals change a little bit. I don't think anybody expected it to quite be like this. And yeah, Vegas is going to come back to the party, and Calgary looks like they're going to be a good team. And there were some people out there that thought that the Ducks could be a good team as well. But the success that you're having overall in the Pacific Division this year, I think, is a surprise to many, but I don't think... There's much more surprise than what the San Jose Sharks have been able to do. And, I, you know, I, I look at the way that they responded last night in the second period. And I know that everyone's going to say, well, Ted, the response came in the third period. But I, I'm sorry, as much as they were getting played off the ice in the midst of the second period, it was a bend-not-break mentality to steal from an overused term. Because they bent and they were put on the penalty kill multiple times and they put themselves in a bad situation. You go up by a goal and then suddenly you find yourself right back in a tie game where Calgary is coming and coming and coming at you. And I was watching that second period and I, you know, I often watch a game under the guise of what's the narrative here? Like, is this going to be the moment that defines the game? Is this going to be the sequence that defines the game as the Sharks lose a challenge and go on a penalty kill. And then it just, it kept on going, right? The Sharks were outplayed without a question during the second period. However, they kept on battling. They kept on fighting and no bigger praise goes to anyone other than Aiden Hill. And I think that the fact that you're getting him to step back into his game after being off for a few games, that's huge. You need that response. And I think that Aiden Hill is young, and I think you're still working through some of the issues in his game. But he talked about it after he went and worked with Nabokov after the last couple of games. They worked on the same things they've been working on. And he's not going to tell you exactly what the issues were because he doesn't want to give any of the opposition a blueprint. But the corrections were made, and he came out and had an absolutely phenomenal performance. You stop 37 of 38 shots in the NHL, you're doing your job. And I think that 
a year ago or two years ago, you don't get that type of performance from your goalie. And again, I'm not trying to knock Martin Jones. I'm not trying to knock anybody who's been in front of the net for the Sharks. But the fact of the matter is, is you weren't, for the most part, getting performances like that. You weren't relying on it at the very least. And so the hard work that the Sharks were doing defensively to not break was being backed up by what you were getting in between the pipes. And that that's huge. I mean, you need to be rewarded by your goalie just as your goalie needs to be rewarded by your defense. And right now, that relationship is humming along for the Sharks. And there have been times where the Sharks are going to bail out Aiden Hill this year. And Aiden Hill bailed out the San Jose Sharks last night. That's not to say that the Sharks were not without a great effort because I thought they were during that second period. But Calgary was bringing it so strong that you needed to have Aiden Hill put in a phenomenal performance. And let's not... Let's not also overlook the fact that the one goal that he gave up was one that was fought and, you know, it was a battle in the crease where they were able to cite a rule about what happens on whether or not it's goalie interference. If that's all you're giving up, you got to go out and get a win for your goalie. And that's what the Sharks did. They were able to break through in the third period. And I think that that's the type of mentality the Sharks have to bring into every game. And I think that they are bringing this into every game this year. Because remember, even when we look back at the losses, there's only the one loss against Montreal where you say to yourself, yeah, that was one where they just were never really in it. I know they fell behind early against Boston, but they did fight their way back into that game. And that's the one. You know, it's Montreal. It was a bad start against Boston. Otherwise, the Sharks have been in the thick of things for every single game this year. And again, the fact that they're doing this while shorthanded with COVID issues, makes it all the more impressive. Now, we did get a bit of an update in terms of the COVID situation where some of those Sharks that are uh, that have been on the list are back skating and they've been starting to work again. So that's good. The reinforcements are on the way. I don't know if they're going to be able to get through the, uh, the border situation and go into the game before Winnipeg, but you feel like you might get some of them back uh, sooner rather than later, and that's a step in the positive direction. And I, you know, I, I don't know what sort of shape these guys are going to come in. You were talking about a, you know, a virus that impacts your cardiovascular function. And that's a pretty big factor when you're in the NHL. You've got to be able to use your heart and lungs to be everywhere on the ice. So it might take these guys a little bit to get back in full shape. But I think that those guys coming back are going to feel the pressure to perform and reward the effort that has gone in while they have been gone. And I, and I don't mean just rewarding Jonathan Dolan and Logan Couture and Tomas Hurdle, but I mean rewarding the guys that have been up from the American League and say your your efforts in coming up here on short notice from the AHL, this was not in vain. This was for something that we are building together as a franchise. And I think that those guys are looking at the efforts that have been brought in by you know, a Ryan Merkley, a Jacob Magna, whoever it's going to be, and they're going to want to reward that hard work. And I think that that's part of the culture shift we've been watching with the San Jose Sharks this year is that these guys are fighting for one another. They are going out there and giving those big efforts. You look at all the times that Mario Ferraro was, you know, going down to one knee to, to block shots. <laughs> Brett Etikin during the broadcast was saying, you know, that's a good way to take one in the chiclets and lose some teeth. But, you know, I was... I'm just so impressed by the effort because that game on paper is one that I looked at it and I said, oof, this is going to be rough. You know, this is a tough stretch for the Sharks and it does not start out with anything but a very, very difficult game going against Calgary who's been very, very good. And what do the Sharks do? 
they come out and have one of their best performances of the year. And I think that when we go back to that game, the first Saturday against Winnipeg, we immediately cite that game. And we immediately look at this game as well as being ones that the Sharks really, really were able to take steps forward in terms of building the foundation of what they can look back on. And I think this whole stretch, obviously, is something they are going to be able to build upon. But the Sharks, after getting away from their game a bit in the second period, and that was due to a multitude of reasons, they were getting gassed on the penalty kill. And I think that when you do you know, have issues with Logan Couture coming off the ice for a little bit and you're kind of mixing and matching in lines, there are going to be issues. But again... It was not something that was too much for them to handle. And I think that is is part of the narrative for the Sharks this year is last year and the year before, situational hockey was not the Sharks' strong point. They were not able to look at any given situation, be it a penalty kill or be it whatever adversity they were facing. It just didn't seem like they were going to be able to rise up to the moment or do what they needed to do in any given situation. I think that goes for the success that they're having on the power play this year as well, is that when they are faced with opportunities, they are coming up and making something of those opportunities, whether that is getting to stop on the PK, whether that is just playing a more responsible brand of hockey that is more in line with what they want to do. That's what the Sharks are doing. And then in terms of the overall response to what they did in the second period, I think you go in and we'll, we'll get to the postgame sound uh, later in the show, but I think they all acknowledged that they had to weather the storm in that second period. They were able to do so, but they saw that there was an opportunity that if they got back to their game after facing that blitz from Calgary in the second period that you're, you're tied at one, you've given yourself a chance to go win the game and they took advantage of that. And yeah, you get a, a a break in terms of the deflection on Logan Couture's goal. But I'm sorry, the Sharks were doing the right things. And when you consistently do the right things, you might get the break that you need. And the Sharks did get exactly what they needed in terms of a break. That's not to say that it wasn't well-earned or that it wasn't something that they didn't do all on their own because you got to put the puck in play and ask questions of the defense and the goalie. But you know, that was a fortunate break. But the Sharks, once they got that 2-1 lead, they didn't turn back. They didn't immediately drop and have a little bit of an exhale and let Calgary come back and find that leveling goal. You kept it at a 2-1 advantage. You get deeper and deeper into the game as Calgary would not go away. You finally get them to pull their goalie. Boom. Tomas Hurdle, empty netter, 3-1. Boom. Jonathan Dolan, 4-1, empty netter. You're in the lead. You're in command. You're taking advantage of everything that's being given to you. And suddenly you find yourself in a position to notch two points on the road, still shorthanded against what had been one of the hottest teams in the NHL. And by the way, they're not going anywhere, A. And B, by the way, that's your first Pacific Division game of the year. And you're able to notch points against Calgary on the road, that is something you're going to point to later in the year and say, remember that night where we went into Calgary shorthanded, got two points. We've been able to face the adversity. We've been able to deal with this. We can do it again. And I do believe, as almost cheesy as that sounds, that you do need those reference points as you get later in the year. Because listen, there are going to be more hard times for the Sharks this year. And hell, for all I know, there could be another COVID outbreak because we're still in the midst of a pandemic. However, being able to point to this stretch and say we were able to overcome in the midst of great uncertainty in terms of player availability at the start, in terms of great uncertainty in terms of not knowing what you're going to get from your players who are coming up from the AHL, 
All these things go a long way in helping rebuild the Sharks culture because, again, all those guys up from the AHL, they're going to go back to the American League and understand more about what it takes to play at the NHL level. Also, they are going to say, hey, I was able to come up and do my job. Every single member of the Sharks front office, the head coach, everybody's going to remember that I came in there and I took advantage of my opportunity and that might earn me a shot later down the line. And I think those young players are being rewarded for their efforts. And then the guys, Logan Couture, Tomas Hurl, Aiden Hill, James Reimer, whoever it's been coming up large over recent memory for the San Jose Sharks, they are going to be remembered by their teammates that do come back and get back from the COVID protocol. You know, again, Timo Meyer, Eric Carlson, Kevin LeBanc, Mark Edward Vlasic, all these guys, they're going to want to go back and fight for their teammates. But the fight that you saw in the first period when it was a track meet back and forth, a lot of speed out there. I mean, that's another thing. Calgary has a lot of heat and a lot of speed out there, and the Sharks were able to match it. In the second period, it tilted in favor of Calgary. The Sharks were playing an uphill game for almost the entirety of the period, but hey, they were still able to match the intensity and have that bend-not-break mentality that kept them in it. Then, when they got back into it in the second period after having some time to regroup and rest, they played a little bit more of that downhill hockey style where they were making the opposition respond to them. Calgary was still coming at them, but Aiden Hill was able to make all the stops that he needed to, which was everything because he needed to stop pretty much everything except for that one goal in the second period. But the Sharks did everything on the defensive ends, on the offensive end, and from their netminder to get a win, to put themselves in a position to get a win, and they took advantage of it. What did we hear constantly last year from Bob Bugner? What you ask of your goalie is to give your team a chance to win. And then in light of that, what did the offense do? They rewarded the goalie. They were able to get those goals and get him the support that he needed to make it all not for nothing. And I have to admit that watching the Sharks right now, you go into each game with a little bit of relative intrigue. And not that I ever was not into watching the Sharks last year or the year before, but you didn't have as much joy going into games because things were trending in a in a downward trajectory. And you didn't go into every single game thinking to yourself, oh, I wonder who's going to step up tonight. It was kind of like, can they avoid the same mistakes that they make most of the time? Which is not a great paradigm to watch games through. <laughs> Maybe that's my own negativity. But this year, you feel like, now who's going to step up? Who's going to come up with the big game? Who's going to make the big plays? And you've been able to point to Reimer. You've been able to point to Hill. You've been able to point to Couture. You've been able to point to a lot of guys. And guys are giving the Sharks opportunities to win across the ice. It's not like they're riding one guy or it's not like it's one line. You're getting contributions everywhere. And that's what it takes to win in the NHL, especially when you're down seven players and your head coach due to COVID. All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we are going to get into some of that post-game audio reactions from acting head coach John McClain, Logan Couture, Aiden Hill. That's all coming up next on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Comes Couture across the line. Throwing it toward the net. Score! 
Logan Couture just tossing an innocent play toward the net from the right wing boards and it gets by Markstrom and the Sharks are up two to one the break that they desperately needed. Not gonna win's a win and, and it's not it's it's these guys that you know you'd have to ask them where it ranks for them. I mean they they've they've played hard and that that's the key and you, you see you know the guys are everybody's showing up like the guys that we call up are showing up and, and wanting to be a part of it. But then you know the nice part about the whole thing is you're seeing like a, you look at the score sheets Logan gets the the game winner did battle the whole game, blocking shots, playing probably more than he should um, at different times. But he's he's he, he's engaged in the game. Tommy Hurdle's engaged in the game, you know. So he gets you know he gets an empty netter, but that's that's great. Like because he he was engaged the whole time. And we needed we needed you know Barabanov. We needed that goal from like someone like Barabanov there to get his first type deal. So um, yeah, they were the scorers and they're the leaders. And you know Brett Burns and Mario played another terrific game. And, and along all the D played terrific. I thought they, you know, they were a little shaky at times, but they they held it held it together. And and that's that's just you know the credit for is to those guys that they want to um, keep being a part of this. And it, it's it's fun to watch and it's fun to see. Dan Rusinowski with the call for Logan Couture's game winning goal, as well as acting head coach John McLean bringing us back in here on Morning Tide. The time in between the second period and the third period that is what we look at as one of the most critical moments of the game. Because something was said in the dressing room between these guys, the head coach, or excuse me, the acting head coach, John McClain, the captain, Logan Couture, the rest of the team, whatever needed to be said, whatever needed to be addressed, you know, that it happened, obviously, because the team came out and responded. I just stick with it. Didn't matter how we got there. I uh, just go out and try and try and make a push in the third. And I thought we did. We had third may have been our best period. We, uh, we had three or four good shifts in a row and then got a lucky bounce on my goal. So uh, after that, we defended hard and. Guys sacrificed and found a way to win. And then what specifically did it mean for the Sharks to reestablish their game in the third period? Yeah, I think we got away from that in the in the second. And obviously the shots uh, showed on the scoreboard. I, I don't know how many shots we maybe had four in the second. So we wanted to get uh, back to our game, chip pucks in, work for it. And uh, I thought we defended hard, harder in the third. We're compact in the D zone, blocked shots, uh, had a few good looks offensively. And uh, like I said, my goal was just a lucky bounce, but uh, we got rewarded for a few good shifts in a row. Chip pucks in, work for it, win the game with the small battles. That's what I'm hearing from Logan Couture about the San Jose Sharks in that game last night. And if you want to get into the overused term, it's a win ugly type situation. If you do the hard work, if you do the little things, if you play a disciplined game, there is the feeling among these San Jose Sharks that they are going to respond and they are going to be able to be rewarded for those efforts. And I think that that's, something that wasn't there in the last couple of years. And it was something that Logan addressed also as well with the relative expectation for the team to respond after having a bad period like the second. But I will say, even though the second period was all Calgary, I do think there is something to be said that the Sharks didn't fall apart during that period. But again, that they came out in the third with an expectation to rebound from what was for them a not a good period. Yeah, I mean, it was easier because it was 1-1. If, uh, if that scores four five one and Hiller doesn't make those big saves, maybe things are a little bit different in the room. But uh... okay, I'm just inserting myself right into Couture's comment right there. He's right, and that's something that wasn't there before. Though that game last year, the year before, would have been out of hand. That second period would have put them at a multi-goal deficit. Instead, Hill comes up huge, 
and keeps you in that game. It's 1-1 after two when it could have been much more in favor of Calgary. So this is an, an obvious situation where Hill gave the Sharks a chance to win. He gave them a chance to respond in the third period, and that's exactly what the team did. Because our, our goaltender made some huge saves, and we still had that belief that uh, we were in a good spot. And when you have that little bit of hope, and or more than a little bit, when you have some hope and you believe that you just need to you know, have one good period to win a game on the road against a division team, you're going to fight extremely hard for it, and I thought our guys did. Yeah, I mean, we just got back. We, we got... Everybody was back. We were playing five on five hockey. The, the second period was would we have three? We had three penalty kills. Um, uh, Logan went out for a couple minutes, I, I believe, with like equipment issue or something. I'm not even sure what it was. And, you know, so, you know, we're mixing matches lines. So things got a little crazy there in the second. But Hiller, you know, Hiller kept us in. And then we, you know, we, we got back to our game and, and the guys were, you know, they, they took it upon themselves to, you know, simplify their game, get that puck, get the puck, um, you know, keep advancing the puck, taking lines and, and getting it deep and then, then working on the four check and, um, and then get the break. So um, they, they did a great job and it just really, you know, the game plan that we had at the, at the start, that's what it was, but you know, sometimes it, it doesn't always go for 60 minutes and you needed, you needed the saves that Hiller gave us to, you know, keep us in it to, you know, get the two points tonight. I mean, we can talk about a number of reasons why it didn't work over the course of 60 minutes, but I think that the main takeaway is that the game plan the Sharks had coming in worked over the course of 40 minutes. As to why it didn't, you're on the road. Hey, that's always going to be a gigantic factor. It's always going to be that much harder to try and implement your game and be the dominant factor in a game. B, you don't have all your players due to COVID, which is going to change what you overall are able to do. It doesn't change what you want to do, but it's not the same level of talent. Let's just get that out of the way. The other thing was during that second period when everything was in favor of Calgary, you had a goal that you gave up that you felt was relatively disputed. You challenge, you miss out, you go on the penalty kill. You have to deal with multiple kills during that period. And Calgary had a head full of steam. They were playing downhill hockey and the Sharks were having to respond to that. Now, like he said, Aiden Hill bailed them out. But that is what it requires sometimes in the NHL. You need your goalie to bail you out. And then in the third period, the Sharks came back. They had a great period. I thought that it was more disciplined hockey. You kept up with some of the good things you were doing in the midst of adversity during the second, like blocking shots. But overall, it was just more disciplined hockey. You took shorter passes. They were doing the little things like going for the singles as opposed to the home run. It was just a more cohesive brand of Sharks hockey out there on the ice. Again, it may not have been pretty by any means. And yes, it was ugly at times, but it was effective. And you need to be effective, especially on the road. Yeah, there have been moments of brilliance for this Sharks team this year and that pass that Brent Burns found with Barabanov to get the early one nothing lead, that was a moment of brilliance. And sometimes you do need moments of brilliance to win a game. And that moment of brilliance helped the Sharks win the game. On the other hand, you can't do that too often. And the Sharks didn't try to do that too often. They played a more conservative game and they simply worked hard, kept themselves in it, and were able to finally get that breakthrough from Logan Couture. You go up to one, however, it's not like Calgary was backing off and they kept on bringing it. They kept on coming at the Sharks, but the Sharks were playing better defense in the third. They were not taking the bad penalties like they were in the second. They weren't putting themselves at a deficit. They just played a hard-nosed, grinded-out game. And I, I know that we... 
are using these these terms that are a bit overused in sports, but they're overused for a reason. What we saw from the Sharks was exactly what they needed to do. And in past years, it's not what they would have done. They would have more consistently gone for the home run pass or somebody would have tried to do it all on their own. Nobody tried to do it all on their own last night. Everybody put forth a big-time effort and you're rewarded with a big-time win. And this is not the only time it's going to be asked of them over the course of this road trip. It's not like life suddenly gets easier after you play Calgary. Next up, Winnipeg. Yeah, you beat them twice at home, and yeah, one of those wins was shorthanded. Winnipeg doesn't care in the slightest about that, and I am sure they are looking for revenge. And they are the first team that's going to be playing the COVID-impacted Sharks for a second time, which means they are going to have some tape on the Merkleys, on the Magna. Whoever it's going to be, they'll have seen these guys once before. I do think the fact that the Sharks that have been going out there on the ice, there's not a lot of tape on these guys. They're not really a known entity. That's been advantageous for the Sharks, no doubt about it. Now, credit to them for taking advantage of it, but it is advantageous for what the Sharks have been trying to do. It doesn't hurt that the people don't have a great scouting report or haven't seen too much of these guys previously. They're unknown entities, except now to Winnipeg, who's gotten a look, and they're going to see another look, their third overall of the season. They should have a pretty good idea of what the Sharks are trying to do, and now they face them at home for the first time this year. Uh, it tells you a lot. It means uh, I guess we're like a pretty close knit group in there. It doesn't matter who's kind of out, who's in. We're all here to win. We're all here to work hard. We're all here to battle and compete. So uh, we proved that. They proved it against Winnipeg twice at home this year. They proved it at Calgary on the road. They have proved it time and time again over the course of this young season. The San Jose Sharks are not here to mess around. They are playing a collective, cohesive brand of hockey that From as far as I can tell, teams are not enjoying playing against. And I think that if you make life hell on the opposition, that doesn't exactly hurt in terms of trying to win a game. And I also just think the fact that these efforts are being rewarded so much different for the last two years. You see the attitudes out there on the ice. You see the belief that their efforts are going to be rewarded. It's not just that the efforts are rewarded, but you see more of that belief from the guys on the ice. And then you get performances from your captain stepping up and getting the game winner. You have a great hustle play. Tomas Hurdle getting down the ice to bag the first empty netter and make it a 3-1 game, put the nail in the coffin. They're having fun playing hockey. It's fun for all of us to see. All right, I'll see you Friday morning, everyone. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off.